Okay, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, Bet Online, our exclusive wagering partner. Bet Online, of course, where you get all your action on NFL football, NBA basketball, and Bet Online AG is the place you want to go. More options to wager than anywhere else online. So, online today, take advantage of all the great midseason bonuses, offers, and contests. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Use the code CLNS50 when you go to betonline.ag. Once again, betonline.ag, code CLNS50 to get you 50% off your initial deposit. All right, what's up, people? We are Boom. here. We're doing some garden report action. We were waiting for the whole roster to arrive, some late, uh, you know, late arriving, myself included, uh, to the party. Sherrod Blakely is here after teaching all day at Boston University. Um, Molding young minds, because that's what Sherrod does. Summer school, huh? Summer school. Sherrod went to homeschool. Went to summer school. <laughs> went to summer school. <laughs> Jimmy Toscano. Summer school. Hi. Somebody say summer school? <laughs> you guys going to summer school? First day of summer. If you're still in school right now, guess what? You're a Sucka. loser. No loser. one's going to school anymore, dude. Hey, hey, maybe someone's so, maybe maybe trying to pick kids. up some credits, you know? Come on, guys. No, exactly. Public yeah, school last day tomorrow. That's, you wanna you wanna oh, get your college credits worst. ahead of time and, and get out of college as soon as you can. <laughs> Bad idea. Stretch that out. Enjoy your yeah. time and wow, go. This just got dark. Jeez. Wicked that back. Old... That, that's a that's a free tip. Damn. That's a free tip. Those old, it might cost those you a couple old, bucks, but free tip. Those old school buildings with no AC, when you were in there in June, that was the worst thing ever. Just getting through like those 80, 90 degree days. Ugh, oh, that's wow. like no my worst memory. Attention. Yeah. Yeah. Just um, I'm surprised awful. Bobby's talking about this and and not not Al Horford, man. I'm, I'm I know. Surprised How about the last day? Hey, let me real let quick me though. Last day of school, anything better? Oh, of course. Show up, no backpack, half day. Usually a half day. Yep. Screwing around. <laughs> no backpack. <laughs> Take me back to that feeling. Oh, the last day of school, of course. Showing up, no backpack. Like, yo, what's up? Yeah. We're just here to go. There were some so. people. There were some people who showed up with no backpack all the time. Those were that's true. <laughs> Jimmy to Scandal like the world. What, what are yeah, those Jimmy's people like, up to? <laughs> he, he did that Probably doing Celtics podcast. Can I borrow a pencil? <laughs> Yo, can oh, I see boy. your homework? I just see your homework real quick. Yo, Bobby was definitely the dude who had like seven pens on him every day. Oh, dude. You can't Bobby's backpack. Lot, so Bobby's got back caps. problems. Let's put it that way. <laughs> He's not even denying it. He's like, yeah, I was always. He walked around <laughs> with that hunchback backpack completely full, like just going Bob, class to class. Bobby with that dude was just like, because Bobby, Bobby with that dude was like, David, David, you didn't get my pen back, bro, like a week ago, remember? Like, <laughs> no, because Bobby went What to color Bobby? would you like? Yeah. Bobby, Bobby was Bobby at the right point in time. Okay. Exactly. Because that kind of stuff. That worked, you know, when Bobby was was coming through, you know. Yeah, you always cracks me up. You ever see uh, 21, 21 Jump Street? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how like stuff that didn't play now it plays. You know, like Bobby was perfect for this time. You know, perfect. <laughs> Thank me, you. Me, I was, I was one strapping my backpack. You know. Um, oh yeah, dude. You're, you're, oh, you're, you're no, the Channing Tatum, huh? Yeah. I'm the chair. I would no strap it if I could. Um, <laughs> So uh, catching people up on some of the nonsense from today, we did our, you know, our breaking news, uh, Kemba uh, Horford situation when that broke. Uh, uh, was it Friday? Friday morning, right? Friday morning. So, yeah. Friday morning. Like nine o'clock, yeah. yeah. I was yeah. in a meeting. All of a sudden, so you guys start blowing up my phone. Yeah. yeah. Um, Crazy morning. Since then, uh, some fun stuff has happened. The Sixers and the Nets both lost. Oh. Boo hoo! Uh, <laughs> uh, that the was process, 
tough. Yeah, the, the Those are some brilliant been, games, though. Come on, John. Admit it. You were you were doing the pump fist like right at the you know that that, that Durant shot. You were looking like that. You were jumping up and down when you saw that thing. The process. You saw that yeah, the process is over. Uh, apparently. <laughs> what a development. The, the that process is. of elimination. I say that every year when they get eliminated. Oh, but it's it's incredible, right? Um, so there's that. The Celtics uh, head coaching search is narrowing. We have that for sure. Uh, but an interesting thing that happened over the weekend, Sherrod, I haven't gotten your take on this. And I know as a reporter, you don't like to like bash another reporter's work, but there was a report that came out that detailed some dysfunction in the Celtics locker room, um, you know, uh, and issues that Brad might've had with Kemba, favoritism from, from Marcus Smart. We're going to go over bits and pieces of that. And I'm not going to say, you know, agree with it or crap on it. I just want to know what we think is plausible here. Okay. Um, uh, so there was some dysfunction. Allegedly. 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 Um, you know, from what you were hearing as a reporter, uh, what, if anything, do you know just in terms of how things were operating? Because we did say, like, it's going to really be hard to figure out what to make of this season until we do a full autopsy. Who hated who? Who resented who? What did Brad do? You know, who wasn't getting along behind the scenes, whatever. I don't know that we have a full picture of it, but you're starting to get those little leaks and whispers starting to come out a little bit, drips and drabs. It started with this report. Mannix was on at NBC earlier today, and he said, oh, yeah, people behind the scenes told me that the Celtics didn't take COVID seriously at all. And we're like, what? You know, like, where's that reporting during the year? So, like, you get the feeling like it's just going to start to trickle. So, again, I don't know what you were hearing, but – I'm going to go over some of the pieces of this report, but anything to that that you knew that you, uh, when talking to people, you know, think is okay. Yeah, I can I can see that. Well, the biggest thing that when I when I talk to people about this team this year that they point out is that leadership was absent on so many levels with this group. Uh, whether nice. it was either not acknowledging who should be leading whether it was vacant leadership or whether it was just not the level of respect for those who were in positions of leadership you would expect. Uh, for the one example that was given to me, and we've, we've kind of talked about this throughout the season, is how Marcus Smart is a leader of that team, but they didn't necessarily give him the kind of consistent respect that he, frankly, has earned. Uh, when you think about the way they played and you think right. about the way he plays, it was a clear disconnect between them buying into what he does well and what he knows works for him and has worked for this team throughout the course of his time there. And Brad Stevens never really figured out how to get all the pieces on the same page, whether it was because of COVID, whether it was because guys were tuning other guys out, or whether it was he just didn't have a pulse on what had to happen in order to get things working. And so for him, I mean, I, he talked, you know, today about his new position and just the amount of work that's involved with it. But I got to believe there's a part of him that's just like, whew, I don't have to deal with that, that you know what, that I dealt with right. last season. Uh, so th there's gonna, you're going to hear a lot of stories about dysfunction. And that's inevitably what happens when teams don't meet expectations. You're going to hear a lot of stuff in Philly. You're going to hear a lot of stuff, you know, and, you know, when – when Utah, for example, when things have obviously gone a way that they didn't expect, you're going to hear that throughout the course of the summer because that's typically what happens. Right. Uh, people feel a lot more comfortable, you know, putting the business on Front Street when there is no legitimate collateral damage because the season is over. 
Well, let me and Jimmy, you you mentioned something. I want to tee you up for this because this is what's interesting. Oh, um, no, no, no. Just a lot of the stuff we heard again, whether it's all dead on, whether it's coming from a place, you never know. Again, I'm not. This isn't uh, to discredit any reporting, but if you're if you're hearing some stuff, the people they could be emotional. They could have an agenda. It's perception of how they view a situation. And if you hear other sides you might get different kind of interpretations of what's going on. But so much of this, Jimmy, jived with a bunch of stuff we were saying behind the scenes, like, you know what I think? And, you know, and a lot of it kind of hit. And among those things are, you know, Kemba's kind of salty over the trade stuff was one. Um, Brad being too, he didn't like being booed. Brad was being too harsh on him, whatever. But the other stuff was uh, Brad favoring Marcus. And we talked about keeping yep. Marcus in check and why that was an issue all the time. The, the team tuning out both Brad and Marcus is also something that we were saying, and Sherrod, you just alluded to. Um, and guys just weren't jiving with Brad's style. There was a, a portion of this article that said that they didn't like his college-style offense. Um so there's a ton of stuff that we were just you could see with your eyes that was in this report here. So it's not wholly surprising that some of this stuff is coming out. Not at all. I mean, we watched this team. I mean, nobody watched this team, unfortunately, more than we did this year. I mean, I'm not saying <laughs> right. other reporters didn't, but everyone yeah. watching knows that we came on the show after pretty much every game, at least some semblance of us. And we we told you exactly what we thought was going on and what we saw out there. And. It all kind of backs up. It felt like the communication on the court was non-existent. It felt like one player mode. It felt like hero ball. It felt like Brad wasn't making any adjustments at all. And how much of that was just Brad being like, all right, well, you guys figure it out because, you know, you know, whatever I say falls on deaf ears. Also, we talked about the fact, why haven't we ever, why haven't we heard once this season, Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown one time have Brad's back one time even say one little thing about like pro Brad because players used to do that in past teams. Never once did we hear it. We still haven't heard boo from either one of those guys since, you know, Brad's, you know, quote unquote promotion and Danny Angel. Even we haven't heard anything about, you know, congrats to Brad or thanks, Danny. Nothing there. Except for Marcus. Uh, Marcus Smart did. Only Marcus. Only, only Marcus. Marcus. That's yeah. it. And, it was a quick, and yeah. Pritchard. I mean, it, it was Marcus. It couldn't have been in a less amount of words. But again, that falls back with, okay, well, Brad, apparently Brad was, you know, favoriting Marcus, according to that report anyway. So, <laughs> this favoriting you know thing again. Favoriting Gordon Hayward as favoriting well Gordon was another Hayward. issue. Yeah. Right. Like, like, you yeah. Know what? It goes back to these players and these coaches are not on the same page, and that was so obvious it's from watching It's delusional to me. Who yeah. in their right mind thinks? And <clears> What's delusional? The, the fact that Smart was favored on this roster? Are you kidding me? Who was he favored over? Kemba was given every accommodation <laughs> possible. And then Tatum got to play whatever isolation uh, set he wanted to whenever he wanted and ha always had right. the ball in his well, hands. And now you're but hearing... You're also hearing they, the stuff here with Walker, you know, that's coming out, you know, on the podcasts today. And Simmons goes on his <laughs> podcast and says, oh, I'm hearing that when he came into the bubble and they gave him all this knee stuff to do, he didn't do any of it while they were while they were gone. And he came in and he had all of these that issues. And that, no, where that were led these to, reports during the season? But where were these things? Right. That's the whole thing. You know, it's right. like, I hate that. There's, There's something a, wrong with kicking vibe. a guy on his way out the door that just always bugs it's me. It's Red Sox. When you hear this stuff. When it's the chicken and beer thing again. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, Sherrod, I just think yeah. the lack of focus. It's just like what Jimmy was talking about. No, Sherrod, you were saying? No, I, I just I, I hate hearing that stuff when a guy is on his way out the door because it really does feel like absolute bullshit when you're kicking a guy at that point. When if this was really a big deal and if this was really something that was significant, why are we hearing this 
as he's leaving as opposed to when he's in the middle of the storm. Um, it doesn't have the same weight and certainly doesn't have the same level of credibility. That's not to say that that, that stuff didn't happen, but you have to ask yourself, why are people dropping dimes now as opposed to when this was going on? Because well, it, mean, it, 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 it makes a hell of a lot more sense to talk about this when yeah. he's missing games and he's missing reps if, in fact, he wasn't taking his, his rehab yeah. series versus now that he's on his way out and he's been traded, let's talk about what he wasn't doing when he was here uh, getting rehab. Right. That, no, there's something yeah. wrong about that. that something, happens, not feel right. something about that feels, feels off, right? Yeah. yeah. I think part of it is the fact Agreed. that this was a this was a, obviously a different year, and you know, media was definitely shielded from a lot of you know what we typically yeah would you be don't able get to, to see it yeah you don't get to see you don't get the you know kind of get the vibe of what's going on. Not that you get a whole lot from the locker room, but you pick up little things here and there. You, you talk do. to guys here and there, and you just didn't get any of that this year. So I kind of get it from that sense where things were shielded, and they could you know teams could kind of get away with dysfunction a lot more than they probably ever could so you don't get to see it like when you don't in, get in to the, see it. You, the Kyrie no here right walking into that locker room Jimmy you'd be like these guys oh hate each God. other it was you know? a morgue in there absolutely yeah, yeah. yeah. you well, just you know you have no idea what's really going on aside from what you saw on the court and it was so glaring on the court that something was just off and that's why I'm not surprised you're somebody's reports yeah I mean am I gonna sit there and be like oh yeah I totally believe that Kemba didn't follow the you know the what he was told to do. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that's true. I have no idea. Well, we did find it curious at the time that he was dealing with knee soreness that March and then came back into the bubble. We no idea. The same spot. Yeah. It makes sense. That's the whole thing. Cause it, he was saying all the right things. And this is where I don't mean to bury Kemba on the way out, but where you're going to wonder is like, there's a lot of smiling and a lot of, I feel fine, but how much behind the scenes was like, I don't feel fine. Well, that's the biggest problem with right, this you know? report is that you have a number of players, obviously here, however many it is, spilling things that could have been said during some course of the season in the room and settled at that time. It just feels like this group just internalizes everything, every slight and every frustration with one another and what's going on here, says everything's going to be fine, and doesn't act on anything. And, and you know, that goes back to Brad, too. Brad isn't facilitating these conversations or connections between guys, and they all just have a sense that it would have just been figured out at some point. Joe Sway, Joe Sway, what are what's it all about? It's about no, what? I was just gonna say it. Say it. It's about <laughs> having difficult conversations. Difficult conversations. <laughs> yes. But is Brad right. being uncomfortable conversations? Uncomfortable conversations. That's right. Yeah. yeah. It, is. Brad... it is. And you know what? I was just that actually goes right into my point. I was gonna say, Jimmy, I, I love what you said about Tatum and Brown. You know, them not really saying much of anything about Brad Stevens. It kind of reminds you of that, again, what the culture was around, you know, the Celtics. Yeah. Whether it was the, the defense, the, you know, the top, one of the top defenses in the in the NBA th throughout those years. Those guys took pride in that because they knew night in and night out that they could beat the Golden State Warriors. They could beat the best teams in the NBA, you know. And the, you just didn't get that sense of pride with this team this year throughout. No, and no. I think the biggest indicator is just pretty much only outside of Marcus Smart, no one saying, hey, Brad, thanks, you know. Hey, for the last, you know, for Tatum and Brown. Hey, for the my first NBA coach. You know, like I, I was, I was a little surprised by that. I don't know if the word is maybe the wrong word is favoritism, but maybe Brad was leaning on Marcus more than the players were. Maybe Brad was like, you know, what Marcus is our vet. You know, because every other vet has left, so you know, Marcus is the guy, and he's sort of the type of player that we want to sort of pattern our style of play around at least from an effort standpoint and maybe the other guys were like nah like we're better than him and we you don't want to lean on him I, I i thought they really missed a golden opportunity 
to have Marcus named a captain. I think it, it may not seem like that big a deal, but when you have agree. someone who's your clear-cut leader, yeah. that right. to me is, is so vital. When you have so many guys who are trying to figure out where they fit into this whole NBA landscape of, of being an elite player, of being a contributor, when you have a specific player who has a very specific strength that is still – something that is strong in the league, which Marcus does as a defender, why would you not make him your leader? Don't you want guys to be more like him? I'm not talking about jacking all the shots. I'm talking about the effort that is def- has defined who he is. The fact that he has not been named the captain. I mean, you got if you're thinking, if you're Jason Tatum, if you're you know Jalen Brown, if you're these other guys, as much as Marcus may be setting the right example with his play, there's a part of you that's going to be thinking, but if he was really the guy we're supposed to follow, they would have made sure that we made him the guy to follow. And I and I feel bad for him because he's earned a right to be the captain no, of this I team. Know. You know what this yeah. reminded me of exactly was, um, and again, to do a cross-sports uh, reference here, the last days of Terry Francona when you had, um, uh, you know, this was a guy who everybody liked and a player's manager, and you had – uh, uh, Dustin Pedroia relationship where Dustin would go in there and play cribbage with Tito. And then you got the Dustin was a guy who was once respected, but then you got this vibe that he was like a narc or on the coach's side. And that's what, and again, I don't know how much of this is true. It just made me think like, did the relationship between Brad and smart and the fact that Brad was leaning more on smart because he's like, you're my guy. You got to get these guys to play. I can't get them to play, do this thing. Did it all of a sudden create a divide where now he, the, the two of them are the opposition you know, on one side and everybody else is over here. You went from Marcus being our heart and soul, our teammate, our leader to kind of like, oh, now he's the narc and he's in there with Brad and he's got Brad's ear and he can do no wrong, but now he's going to tell us what to do. And again, we don't know because we don't know how much of this, I don't want to say is right or wrong, but again, a lot of this is based off of two sides perception, somebody's perception that this is how the relationship went. It would, however, make sense because all season long we questioned why aren't they responding to Marcus? I thought they revered this guy, you know, and that's, what's so strange about all of it. Brad was the can, can do no wrong boy, genius coach. And Marcus was the heart and soul leader that everybody said, even this year, I feel like Jalen was saying it. Marcus is the heart and soul of this team. Where? So why didn't you follow him? Why didn't you listen right. to him? I, what? We're missing something. We're still missing something here. Well, I, I think we're, this is, again, this possibly just a continue. These seasons were so close where we could just be a continuation of what happened in the bubble when things really got heated there in the bubble and right. Marcus was involved and I think was yeah. Jalen involved and it was Marcus and Jalen. Yeah. And you know, they had the late night, you know, meeting and all this stuff in the bubble. And then all of a sudden, two months later, you're starting a whole new season. It's like, you know, maybe this is all just a continuation of it. It does feel like one long ass, awful freaking basketball season dating back to how things ended. Uh, you know, the bubble wasn't that all that bad until you got to that heat series when things just fell apart. And, Honestly, you can say since then it hasn't really felt the same. Well, yeah, of course. And, and also, you have to also, we, we talked about it throughout the entire year. No training camp, the quick turnover. You know, guys, obviously, we've seen all these injuries popping up throughout the uh, across the league. So I, I think all that's relevant as well. But, yeah, I mean, that's a good point as well, Jimmy, because I, I think those relationships and roles, you know, they, they sort of got blurred maybe. You know, again, we're, we're assuming yeah. from the outside looking in. You know, If they didn't have – closure on whatever went down and you know things are just sort of just unspoken and uncomfortable right. um and they don't have that conversation that we've we've mentioned on the show a number of times then 
you get the product that you get and you get the result that you get. So, well, and Sharad just it's said it's, it's, it, it's sad that this has happened to Smart if this is the perception of him in the room. But it's also scary. I mean, we, I think we all want to see this team get value for Smart at some point here and be able to improve by moving him. But if you have to move him just because the room is kind of sick of him, that's not a good thing because, honestly, you look at the season Smart had, especially the finish to the season that he had, he came through and asserted himself and was a big reason that they were even competitive in that Nets series. I thought he sacrificed when he needed to this year. As we always say, gave the game what it needed. And their better defensive stretches this year when was when he was out there, and they missed him badly when he was gone. He didn't have the greatest year. At times he stepped back, and of course we know he regressed defensively. But we also had a feeling that it wasn't his fault. There was quite a few breakdowns across the team when it came to them defensively. And you saw him at points this year trying to assert something that wasn't getting through just in terms of mentality. Uh, so it is frustrating that all of a sudden the perception is that he's being favorited or given undue benefit of the doubt in terms of his standing in the room because he's been here since day one and he has had great playoff runs and he was part of this team's turnaround from the bottom of the league. He earned the status on this team. I know Tatum and Brown have had great roles in their playoff runs here, but they're really in year one, year two of being front men on this team. They're the ones that have to earn the status here. And in many ways, like, isn't Tatum getting the amount of isolation looks and the role that he did while being one of the least efficient players in the league and that standing favoritism. Like, yeah. I just don't get this. Who, who on this team just keeps talking about favoritism? Hayward was benched. Roger was given more of a benefit of the doubt on that team than Hayward was. And, like, in what way, like, in what way could even conceive that Smart's being favorited here? That's just so delusional to me. He's playing the same role he always has. If anything, he's taking a step back in terms of his shot and aggressiveness here. I think if the report was Grant Williams receives pref preferential yeah, treatment, we'd be I like, think yeah, that would did. make sense. Yeah, he did. That would that would add up. That you had to bring Grant into this, Jimmy. Dude. Damn. <laughs> it wouldn't be it wouldn't be smart without without Grant being mentioned. That would make yeah. sense, but the smart stuff doesn't as much. Again, I don't know if it's oh Mark Marcus Smart's receiving preferential treatment in the sense where it's like he can do no wrong, but maybe the players felt like he was did have too much of a say off the court or you know in the in the locker room or you know on the team bus or whatever. Maybe they felt like you know he was trying to be that captain even though he didn't have the C on his jersey. Maybe that's what what part of this was all about. Again, purely know. speculation. Preferen no pre preferential treatment could just mean that. No and again, it, it it does seem to jive with. Look, I mean, I am not where we we talked about this on the thread, and. This was a very pro Kemba piece. This feels like whispers coming from the Kemba camp because the two things do jive. Ke too harsh on Kemba, but Marcus preferential treatment, which means Kemba blows a defensive assignment or you know chucks a couple bad shots or takes the offense out right. of its rhythm, and he heard about it. But here comes Marcus going one for ten from three, and nobody says boo to him. At least if that's your impression it's of what's dust. happening, those two things seem to kind of make make sense together. So again it felt like some of this stuff could have been coming from the Kemba camp and there's some sour grapes here about how things ended. And so you could find, I mean, how many people have left a job and pointed to 50 different things that they didn't like about it, you know? Yeah, you're F probably you, not. F you. Yeah, and, and this out. guy sucked and that guy sucked. And you know what? I was nice to him, but that guy sucked the most, you know? like. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, that's how you, that's how you do it. You know, I, I was never nice liked him, but he was yeah. the worst. I was, was nice. I never liked that guy. I never liked him. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's what you do. Um, so and so that's kind of what it feels like a little bit, which is because again, the, the 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 report had a little bit of everything, you know, and you know, a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and this guy didn't do it, and that guy didn't do it, and Brad runs a shitty offense, you know. It, it yeah. sounded like uh, like a bit of sour grapes there, you know, and again, coming from, you know, if not Kemba, Kemba camp, people who, you know, kind of sided with Kemba on this sort yeah, of thing. I, was gonna say, and, I wouldn't be surprised if it was something like that or, or someone who who's who left the team, you know, a, a while ago or, or is, is, isn't even is an afterthought at this point. Lobbing bombs from the in. grave. Right. Yeah. yeah. Because they wanted to defend Kemba and they, they saw things differently. Yeah, yeah. I, I understand Kemba walking out the door with frustration at this level because For of sure. where he's at now. Uh, but at the same time, if you just a lot of people saying Teague. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's an example. If you, if you, if you, if you objectively look at the situation, there were countless times this year where Brad said we need Kemba to be Kemba to get where we're gonna go, and they try to set him up in that position countless times throughout the year the program most specifically that they had him on was sacrificing wins and stability in terms of putting him in the best position to be healthy and present when they need him most and still didn't work in the end and that's why he's gone so like i'm, I'm not buying any of the kemba slight discussion here there was no slight to kemba in any way or form from the celtics from my part right. like it sucks that he ended up in oklahoma city and that his career as a star is probably over, but that had nothing to do with Boston. Like this is not comparable to the Isaiah situation to me at all. He by, you know, anybody's guess here probably got this condition through his multiple surgeries in Charlotte. You guys don't think it looks dog shit. You guys don't think, look, if Kemba really didn't do what he was supposed to do, rehabbing the knee came back, there was frustration there okay, there's a reason to get upset, but it really looks like they looked at that situation and immediately said, we got to get out of this as quickly as possible, which is what I was saying in the off season. And I got killed for it, you know, out, sell, sell your Kemba stock, get out now. And they clearly, they were trying to do that. So you went from, we love you. We love you. We love you. We want you in Boston to let's, let's get rid of this guy for anything. That's going to make you feel pretty shitty no matter who you are and no matter what, and we know it's a cold business, it's still, if you're Kemba, you have a right to be a little bit annoyed. They're like, I just got here, man, and now you're trying to get rid of me? Yeah. And he didn't do anything wrong. So. He was a starting point guard in the All-Star game. Uh, you know, I mean, he played relatively well last year, and then he had the injuries, and they were like, nope, gone. I don't want it anymore. Yeah, not, I mean, it's a great. little bit of everything. I mean, obviously, they it wasn't like they didn't pay him. I mean, they gave him a max deal. That's probably that's obviously a big reason behind this. So you can look at it from both sides. It's like, yeah, okay, another another star or former star, however you want to say it, another veteran, another guy that you know you quote unquote did him did him wrong. But for every player that Celtics trade away, there's another player that walks away. I mean, you look at Kyrie, look at Hayward, look at Horford. So what are you supposed to do? Just sit on your hands and wait for these guys to to leave you for nothing? So I. I do understand it from a business point of view, but there's others side of it where, you know, he feels like, oh, great. Now they're shipping me off to OKC. Well, go back to the reports that we heard, you know, a few weeks ago that Kemba wanted out to begin with. I mean, was there any truth to that? Who knows? 
the whole like Stevens Walker tension filled relationship, I never got that impression. I just never did. Me neither. Did you ever see them like, barking? You ever see Kemba, no. Kemba go to the bench shaking his head or anything like no. that? I, and I, like, I never got that vibe. But did, was there any subtext in any post game uh, commentary that led you to believe that? I, that's totally out of nowhere for they me. They never put him in a back to back. Like they stayed true to the, their plan with him. And he never said bad things about him when he played no. well. People covered for. Him. I mean, when he you played poorly, people it, covered for him. I, I didn't get it at all. I didn't and I think get it's that interesting that his his last pregame, you know, press presser, you know, but before that last game, he said that he actually had a long conversation with Kemba Walker, you know, like that, as if like they had to, you know, they, it was a tough end to his season and they had a sort of a heart to heart. At least they had that that vibe to it, or at least he put out that image. And then you know, two weeks later, this this report comes out. Yeah, seriously, I, I think they put his health front seat the whole way and try to do everything possible to put him in the healthiest position that they could. Yeah. And ultimately here, I think others lost out uh, by them trying to keep him in a star role on this team, most specifically Jalen Brown. When those two were present on the court together, I thought it was a massive detriment to Brown's ability to be the best that he possibly could. Uh, but they just were never comfortable, it felt like, putting Kemba in an off-ball role. Certainly not John's idea of putting him on the bench or just doing other things to try to find the next chapter of his career here. You saw bits and pieces, and I was grasping for what it was going to look like uh, for him as a third option on this team. And ultimately, they were just preferring to have him still try to be Kemba, the Kemba the, the way he was before. And it didn't work at all. That's like, all I, he knows. I, 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 mean, I, I thought dealing with his injury, his status, and his star role on this team, I thought was the biggest detriment to them winning last year. And that's why he's gone. Like they, they went two, through it. They did everything they could. Two entire seasons derailed derailed by trying to figure out how to work Gordon Hayward back from an injury, playing him too much, not figuring out whether to start him, how to rotate him in, tweaking other people as a result of it. Then he gets hurt in the end. Then he gets, and then, and then the same, same exact Kemba, thing with Kemba. Right? Kemba. Brooklyn. Same, yeah. same, same thing with Kemba. It's unreal. Like, you know, it just, it, it messed everything up. It really is. I mean, I hate talking about luck. I, you wonder, you know, what, what happens to the entire franchise? Gordon Hayward doesn't break his leg, you know, uh, uh, in Cleveland. Yeah. I, you know, the yeah. whole thing is so weird. How we got here. It's incredible. No, I can't wait to see what's the, the next point. Go. Who is it going to be? It's the, the most interesting time, sliding door scenario. First time, I'm, I'm going to go on a limb and say it's not going to be one of those top scoring, uh, score first point guards that the Southern has been blessed with the last three of them. You know, Isaiah Thomas, Kyrie Irving, no. and, of course, Kemba Walker. But it you know what? You don't need a guy that can necessarily come in and just absolutely right. light it up anymore because exactly. you've got Jalen, you've got Tatum, you've got guys right. who can get you points. You need someone that is not Rajon Rondo, but in the mold of Rajon yeah, Rondo. Who is the guy, though? Pass first, pass first who, old school guy. Yeah. Who do you have in your mind, Jasharad? Who is I that don't. guy? I, I've, been racking, I've been racking my brain because most oh, point guards are score first point guards nowadays. Or they're guys who you can't right now get. Like, for example, you're going to hear a lot of talk, obviously, about Lonzo Ball, who is a great pass-first type point guard. But you're going to have major competition, not including the team that he plays for, uh, to try to try to, to lure him. And you don't have the assets to make a really strong case to get him. So 
you, that ship, forget about that ship sailing. That shit isn't even in your damn port. Uh, it's just not going to happen. So what's the what's the alternative? I think you, you've got it. The Celtics, bottom line, you're going to have to get lucky. I mean, when you think about Isaiah Thomas, you can, we can talk all day Bobby. long. We, we can talk all day long and, and look at all the analytics about the, the great scores that they've had. But there is no way in hell the numbers bear it out that Isaiah Thomas was going to play the way he did when he got to Boston. You lucked into that. And a, a lot about luck is opportunity, putting yourself in position to make those type of moves. They're going to need something like that to really get that ideal playmaker because they don't have a ton of money and they don't have, frankly, right now, a situation that is conducive to bringing in someone with that type of elite level playmaking pass first game right now. They're going to have to get lucky. And that's well, okay because it's not like they haven't done it before because they did it with Isaiah. And I think they can do it again, but it's not going to be easy. They're going to have to position themselves for that. They, they already got lucky to me. Lucky. I mean, this deal – like this deal was awesome. I me. think it was like, a good deal. I don't think this is a luck deal. I didn't. I, don't think I wasn't. I think they did okay. I yeah. wasn't certain anyone in the NBA yeah, was going to take Walker. That's Brad's boy, you know. I'm well, disappointed you know, that Bobby's not wearing, Brad, though. wearing him, the actual Bob. jersey. I'm, I <laughs> I'm disappointed that Brad, that I'm disappointed Bobby doesn't have a spotlight on that 42 jersey behind him with with sequin, you know, diamonds on the yeah, four and the two. We <laughs> both made that joke for so look before we got on here. That was hilarious. So look, the one thing we talked about with this deal, and it came up in the um in the press conference today, Brad Stevens did talk about the Kemba deal and why he made it. And among the things he discussed was um making it now because because of the flexibility. Um, to get yourself um, to trade. Basically, you trade it in this league year so you can trade next year's draft pick as well um, next year. So you need an asset. You need that asset. Oh, was to- it the Stepien rule? Yeah, you need the yeah, asset. Around that, yeah. Exactly. Sure. sure. You, you need that asset to be able to make a trade. Um for anything of value. So if you're going to roll players up together, you got to have a draft pick coming up soon that you can kind of use it as a pot sweetener. So you get the feeling that there's more moves here. You're also, you know, you might need to package another pick to get rid of Tristan and to get that player that you need um, wherever that is. So there's definitely something else coming there, but uh, you know, they, they got to go get a point guard. I, they can't live without one at this point. I don't think. I'm becoming more and more intrigued if he's willing to come to Boston by the idea of uh, Kyle Lowry, especially if you're going to package up all these assets right now. So when when they talk of flexibility, I don't know if they're talking about getting that next star through a max salary slot, which I think is a bit delusional here. I, I don't think they're in a great position to attract a third free agent and do all the different things Not yet. To, to get there. I guess but you want to have that a couple open. of years. Yeah. But if, if you have the opportunity right now to go get a guy like Lowry and he's interested in coming here, I think you jump at that and don't wait for a Beal or whoever else will be in a free agency at that point to come. You set up this team for the most success right now, especially now that you have Horford in here, who I think can be a major contributor to winning. Um, I would do something if Lowry wanted to come here, like, Smart, Thompson, Rob, and whatever picks it would take to make that happen in a sign-and-trade. And And I think he would really be the perfect third piece to this team right now in terms of connecting everything together, being that point guard. I don't know what Toronto's interest would be. 
I just know that the Raptors are going to do whatever Larry, Larry ultimately wants to do here. And you have to hope if you're the Celtics that he would have some interest in coming here because there is a path to getting that trade done. I don't know if that's it though, Bobby. That's that that sounds that sounds ridiculous. Yeah, yeah like that. Like, you got a little bit of the future. You got a little bit of the now in Marcus uh, Smart and Robert Williams for 37 year old no, Kyle Lowry. I like I like, I like the concept of the idea. I just don't like the way you word it. Two minutes in the penalty box for that one. Yeah, man, that was rough. Like that. Jeez. All right, who's your who's your point guard choice? DJ Augustine. I mean, I'm going TJ McConnell. Well, we, Bobby, no. once again, it can't be like one thing or, or the worst thing ever. Right. Like, like well, no, I'm just I, saying, I, no, again, Bobby, I like Kyle Lowry. I, I like him it. too. I don't like just, the way you put that. Like, if you can get it for someone for, for something that, that costs much less, obviously, you know, Tristan Thompson's contract would have to help there and, and him having ties to Toronto and had that background help. I mean, something like that. But you're talking about Robert Williams, Marcus Smart. No, no, no. I, I don't think you, 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 you give that up for, for Kyle Lowry for what, a couple of years? I don't think it's worth it. I, I just think he he's exactly what you need right now. Veteran, vocal, can get it done on the court still, I don't even at this at advanced like, stage. Yeah, I mean, he's won a championship as a central piece, For, a number two. going to give up Smart and Robert Williams? So the, the only reason you have to give up all of that is because you have to do a sign-and-trade to get him uh, here. No, so, no more of this. No yeah. more of this. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, all right, let's hear some uh, alternatives. I'm just saying it's card. not that. It's just you're not gonna. You're not. You're not trading Rob for a 37 year old for a 30 something year old guy. You. you well, Rob now you're Moses Brown. No, come on, Rob. First of all, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna Don't do a Rob. I'm gonna do a Rob Williams show soon because my Rob Williams, like my developing opinion around Rob Williams, especially watching <laughs> Clint seems with that. Especially watching Clint Capella playing now, um, and and the way he's been and been a comp there, and I'm looking at him, I'm like, Rob's going to be better than him next year, and and Capella's a, a pretty good ball player right now, and I'm watching Rudy Gobert flame out there, and I'm like, you know what, Rob defends a perimeter pretty well, you know, like I, I'm not putting him in Gobert's class. I'm telling you, the lead, the <laughs> John's watching that, all this, being like, oh, Rob, time coming. Rob, Rob can do that. Rob can do that. Uh, you know, Rob's not gonna. <laughs> Lowry's 35, by the Rob, way. I, John's so, like, I know someone that could do it. My bold prediction now is Rob Williams will legitimately be – we'll be talking about a big three, and the third person will be Rob Williams by the end of it's next year. It's a tough thing, though, wow, John. You healthy, could, will he be an all-star? Yeah. That's the thing. He'll be, boy, he'll be knocking on the freaking all-star door. John, I hate, I hate to say it, but it wouldn't surprise me if you get that for about three months and then it all falls If down. Rob breaks down again with another injury out of then nowhere, he's not I'll he's never get anything I'll, I'll, I'll give, I'll give and, up. And you I'll, know everyone here will, will say this other should have traded him. I'm not I'll, saying that they should right now because I, I don't think they're in the – they just can't give up on him quite yet. But I think they're going into the season so crossing their fingers the, saying this is it. Like if, if he's they, not healthy this year, we, we have to start thinking about moving him. And we, we have a, a replacement you know, the, the, throughout that uh, the, the Al Horford trade. Wait, so anyway, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on the I'm page. policy, if you will, Moses Brown. But, uh, Dinwiddie is a, is a guy who is interesting um, as a potential uh, as a point guard. I'm, I'm seeing salary in the range of 20 would be high, but I'm seeing most people settle in the 14, 17 range, which isn't outrageous. Um, What's you know, Ball I think Ball's gonna get close in the 20 range, right? Yeah, I would say it, it only it only it, it only takes one. Someone's gonna someone's gonna pay him that that oh, yeah. that. Yeah, sure. is he gonna? Get, he might get the Jalen contract. You know that 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 kind of uh, that max. Uh, you know, uh, uh, restricted he could get, free agent get deal. Like 
four years, 80 million or something. Like, I mean, easily. Yeah. easily. Yeah. yeah. Dinwiddie, so, Dinny, so Dinwiddie turned down what? A 12 million con, yeah. uh, player option. So he must be expecting a minimum that multi-year deal. I know he's coming off an injury, I, but I think he's the most underrated free agent in this class. So yeah. that's a guy. If you talk about somebody, that's a guy, that's a guy I could get down with um, there, but I'm not giving up assets anymore. You again, you don't I do have want any, a veteran in here. You don't have enough card. assets. You gotta and you gotta develop them. You know, and if Rob Williams is involved in a trade, it's because he's been developed and he's a guy who this other teams covet, and you're giving away that young yeah, that young guy for the star. You know, and maybe he turns into that. Maybe Neesmith and Romeo turn into something of value. But but you give those guys up when you roll them up into something bigger. I'm not burning potential stars that are young that you can afford right now for a friggin' 35 year old veteran point guard. I don't think that's the right play for this team. Cause it, it doesn't make you a contender. Okay. I think you're, it does. You're, you're, no, you're way better off, way better off seeing if you hit a home run with a, with a guy who at times look like he looks like he's a top five NBA player. You know, like <laughs> when he's on the court, you're like, who is this friggin' freak of nature? I'm rolling the dice there. I'm not giving that one up, but Dinwiddie, I could get down with. Yeah. A guy like Lowry, I'm very, very yeah. much interested in. The Celtics need players who know what it takes to win, who still have that fire, who can lead by example on the court, off the court, aren't afraid to, you know. Seven assists a game last Take year, a young too. guy by the side and say, hey, snap out of it, buddy. Like, let, let's, you know, zone in here and let's win this game. Control the flow of the offense, distribute the ball. Kyle Lowry checks off all those boxes. Absolutely. I am also hesitant to trade. Um, a guy like Rob for that, but Kyle Lowry, he's gonna, he still has a little bit left in the tank. I, I know that he does, but when you start to talk about a guy like Rob, that's when I get hesitant. Listen, I mean, we, we, we saw Rob at his best. He helped the team a lot and he raised their ceiling, but not enough to where we would have been saying, Oh, this guy unlocked championship potential with this team or Eastern conference finals potential. And Lowry would be so instrumental to everything you're doing in terms of a game plan on both ends of the floor. That like we see what Chris Paul did this year in Phoenix for a team that wasn't even in the playoff race last year. Agreed he completely. just he just connected everything so well that it unlocked a great scorer like Booker and Aiton inside and just made all the younger players really step up their game too. There, like yeah, but, following but the, that model to me would be so such a great way to go. But the, here's the difference, though. Chris Paul has done that everywhere he's been. Uh, everywhere he has gone, that team has gotten appreciably better, yeah. and so he's got a track record of that. Lowry so, got to Toronto, and everything just came together. Because remember, he bounced around quite a bit before he got to Toronto. So yeah. I'm not sure whether he's a guy that has found the perfect situation for what he does and what he's about. Because when when his career is over, there will be a statue in T dot with his mug on it. There's no question about that. He's been that important to that franchise. But I'm not sold that what he does well is a transferable skill to a team like Boston. Because remember, for him to be successful in Boston, there has to be buy-in from the guys around him. Because he's not that type of player at this point in his career where his game is going to make guys buy-in by, by nature. It's not there yet. I Again, I think the concept of Kyle Lowry is a good one, but the actual execution and application of a guy with right his strengths that. and skills, 
I'm not sold that's gonna that would fly in Boston. And then we're working on the assumption that he'd even want to come here, which again I think that's a bit of a stretch as well. So I think I think you're right on in looking at this position for trying to add a veteran with a certain kind of moxie and savvy about them. I think that's a great idea. I'm just not sold that Kyle is the guy that would one want to come to Boston and two would be a good fit if in fact he did want to come to Boston because again. I don't know if the issues that, let's say, Marcus Smart had with guys kind of buying into who he was about, would Kyle have those same issues? I'm not sure that would be – Well, then, you know what, Sherrod? There's a bigger problem here because if a guy like Kyle Lowry can't fit in and, you know, there's a few other players that have already left and Kemba Walker's traded. And and Blake Griffin didn't want to come. And Blake Griffin (laughs) was told not to come. Then you got to start looking Lucky. around and say, Do right, we really oh. think Blake wanted to come to Boston? I mean, let, let's oh. just be real about that. Let's be real about that. Well, not Do after you he picked up the phone. I think that Blake at some point <laughs> thought, maybe I should take it. my talents, my non Duncan ass right now to Boston. <laughs> I don't think no, it was number or, or one do on I want to play with my boys in Brooklyn? That's my way to the chip. probably going to be playing for a chip, and right. I don't. I'm going to get paid the same kind of money I'm getting, and I won't have to work nearly as hard. I don't have to carry anybody. The only thing I got to worry about is keeping my ankles intact when Jason Tatum is it, is trying to come at me. It doesn't mean he was coming, but it does mean if he if it's true and he asked and so it's not whether or not he was coming. The story is if someone legit told him, "Nah, don't come here. It's a shit show." That's bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, see, I, I, I can't believe. You know, it. like, hey, is this restaurant any good? Doesn't mean you were gonna eat there. If someone's like, no, friggin', don't ever eat, don't <laughs> ever the eat there. Like, You're like, nah. okay, cool. Yeah. I'm, like, nah, you know I'm glad that John did not make a relationship analogy right there because I totally thought that was coming. No, I'm gonna start calling them analogies, right. and we're gonna do a segment. Some here. ex-girlfriend uh, thing or something. No. Yeah. If someone tells you that girl is, is, is not your type, then <laughs> does that mean you're not going to date her? Right, right. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, what's funny to me about this is that Blake wouldn't have changed. All over it. <laughs> but Blake wouldn't have had any impact on this situation. So it's not like they missed a huge opportunity. <laughs> it's the right. principle. It's the principle behind it. If that yes. actually happened, you know what? I, I mean, I would be, I would be so disappointed if that actually happened. I can't imagine a player not wanting to improve his team, you know, by bringing on a guy like Blake. And I know Blake's not like an all-star this year and all that stuff, but there's no excuse for a, a, a player on the team to tell another player. No, you're right about come. that. But, 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 there's, there, but there's another school of thought that could be at play here. The player may have realized that Blake had little to nothing left in the tank and didn't want to make him feel bad and say, you don't want to come here. There's nothing here for you, Blake. You don't need this. Go no. somewhere else. Yeah, no. yeah. Yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to come out to the bar with us. It's not going to be even fun tonight. Like you should stay home. Yeah, yeah. You should stay right. home. Man, man. We're we're, we're tired. We're probably going to head home after one drink. Fringe you know? guy, just stay <laughs> home, man. I'll tell you, Blake. I'll tell you about it tomorrow when we're back. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're not even. I, I'm I'm on my way out. Yeah, Blake. Um, Blake was pretty good with the Nets, but even when he looked good, it did. He did not look good. If you know what this I mean. This is this is <laughs> this, this isn't the, the Celtics want to have Blake Griffin segment no. of the show. It's just no. whether or not somebody's trashing Boston. If yeah, the call, who, who's saying look, all are this the stuff? are the calls coming from inside the house? That's what you need to know. Right. So this is where it comes down to here. I don't know where all of the reports are coming from. What is important is what we if Kemba was. 
disgruntled and we didn't know another reason potentially to get rid of him. If you thought that there was some issue there, I'm not getting that vibe. It seemed like the players liked him as well. Um, Tristan is another person who you start to wonder. Um, we did have that report earlier in the year about him going out and partying and this and that, which was kind of shot down, but not a lot of people are rushing to his defense either. He told, he said it was bullshit. I don't know if he's the guy here, you know, we'll see the next person him. to go here, but yeah. one way or the other, you're Stop out on him as a player. But if any, if you've got problems here and there are issues within the organization, outside of Jalen and Jason, if you have somebody in there who's not rowing in the same direction of everybody else, you got to get them out. Doesn't matter what the cost is because you just can't have it, um, especially if it's an older person or a person of influence because they can really poison the well. We've but already seen it happen once before. That's the thing, John. L look at this roster. Who really has a say in anything? Jalen, Jason, Marcus. Kemba did, but now he's gone. Like, who really has a say? You can throw Thompson in there, I guess. A guy on an expiring deal. He's been there for one year. And, like, I mean, are we really going to say that Tom Tristan Thompson has much of a say in anything? I mean, the guy's out Grant. The guy's out doing his own thing. Yeah, Grant, of course. I think that's, a big reason really why Brad Stevens, that's another big, a big reason why Brad Stevens pulled the trigger on this trade. I mean, Al Horford, for his influence and for who he was. I mean, from Jason Tatum. from but the if the you're worried – the if very first media day after he left, he called him one of his favorite teammates. I mean, you don't think he had if, any input on this? But Josue, if you're concerned, if you're concerned, Josue, with Smart being kind of in Brad in Brad's little circle and the guy that Brad trusts, and now Brad's brought another one of those guys in there, is that going to help locker room yeah, chemistry? But no, this is different, though. This is another one of those guys, John. This is this is pops. This is Dad from back in the day. Dad who left two years ago. Like that was his role with this team. Yeah, he was dad, dad who left you. Now dad wants to come back and, and hang out with his kids again. Right. Yeah, that's a good way to he, he put got it. His, he got his that's pack true. of smokes that's and he true. came back. You know, no, it never happens that, that, that way. Dad got a lucrative <laughs> offer. Dad had a lucrative a block offer. For a minute. He's back. He didn't go far. Just want to run a block dad, real quick. Dad, dad, said, dad threw the right football back. and bolted the other direction. He said, kids, I'm just going to go down the street. And then he never came. You know, but now he's back. Now he's back. No, well, Josue, it, it's not even so much about the room because a lot of times the room and what's going on on the court reflect each other. If, if stuff's going fine on the court, there's never going to be issues in the room. And if there are, they don't really matter. Uh, you you need to establish a team that's going to work the right way and make everybody happy and get everybody the touches they need in the spots that they need. Ultimately, Thompson ramming himself in the middle, never passing to the perimeter, and not connecting much of anything didn't do all that much to facilitate that kind of product on the court. Al standing in the high post, making all the right reads, getting guys great looks, cutting baseline, doing all those things he used to do as a facilitator, I think yeah. is just, yeah, going to engage yeah. people and just make this a much more pretty offense and an active defense. Right. Like this was really, out of all the guys we talked about, he had the most – potential to impact this team in a way that Kemba didn't. Can I say can I what say about the thing Al's that's knees? Gonna... Didn't Al have some knee issues on his last year in, in Boston? We're not talking about that right now, Jimmy, all right? Just want to make sure that we don't have but, running the same issue that can, we just can, got I, can I say the thing that's gonna get everyone to yell at me? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not saying this. I'm not starting it. I'm just simply we keep going around the world. Okay, well, you know what if Marcus is a problem? What if Kemba was a problem? What if Tristan was a problem? Okay what if Kyrie was a problem? It was Gordon. What's the constant variable here in all of these things? Okay. And this is what worries me a little bit is um, like. 
We've been I, saying this. It's what what if Jalen and Jason like again? Everyone's like tread lightly, John. I'm not no. saying Jalen. I'm not saying Jalen and Jason are problems, but I'm starting to wonder what what is going to make them happy at this point. Like if everything is about build around those guys, find pieces around those so guys, great. but none of it is working right now. At what point do you start to wonder, can we get anything that's going to work here? Well, I, is there is, is there a right. formula that works? Is there the right combo yeah. of players that works? You know, how does it work here? Well, I think Al is a start. Right. Uh, I mean, because this was really the first year really. where the, just the idea of building around them was even something that was feasible. Uh, and that really wasn't feasible until we got in the middle of the season where – where Jalen Brown made that leap from being a pretty good player to an all-star. So we haven't even had a full season of They're them trying to build around those guys. Yeah. And I think adding Al, I think, is a nice kind of brick in building that foundation. But you're they have to do a better job of getting guys who complement those guys. They need guys who can run the floor. They need guys who are more athletic. What if people are struggling with them, like playing with them, with their styles, with their personalities? What if the issue people are having is with those guys, not complementary pieces basketball-wise? What if you've got an issue where the, the you're having people that are having a tough time jiving with them for, or one yes. of them for whatever reason? And I don't know that that's the case, but – that's going to be a concern if we yeah. go through another rotation of well, another round of players God. and all of those don't work too. And it's like, oh, but, that, but yeah, uh -oh. I, I honestly think this but is, we like knew this, last this, group is like bad. this is like his like binky, if you will. It's like, okay, this is what I know. This is how we were successful. Not just Al Horford himself and obviously his skill set, but just the philosophy. And this maybe it was a Brad. little bit more of that. Let's get a voice back in here. They used to galvanize these guys, and if that doesn't work, then we have a serious yeah, problem. Yeah, then you have a like, you right. start. It's like what you said. Uh, what was it last <laughs> last week? Uh, you, you get the the the, the uh, autopsy, if you will, right? Like this is part of the autopsy, and I think this is Brad's obviously his first move, and he feels really safe about it because he knows what what he's getting in Al Horford, and and, and, and you know to, to give up a first round pick and, and to also get Moses Brown and all that stuff. Like I just think it's from from a culture standpoint. It's just like, okay, let's test this out, and then we'll see if we have further problems. I guess so. Here, one thing I did find interesting – go ahead, Jimmy, go ahead. Go well, ahead. I was going to say, let's, let's, stop back, let's, stop, let's stop acting like Al hasn't already been there, done that with, with this team, with these two no, guys. No, not quite like this, though. Hold on. He's been on the team. He watched them collapse. He watched the whole thing collapse with Kyrie on the team, and I didn't hear a boo. And he's and like, he, I'm out of here. And he was the first guy out the door, first. Second of all, where'd he go? He went to Philadelphia to another team with two young stars that couldn't seem to quite get it together. And what happened in Philadelphia? He was moved on out of there. He couldn't have – he obviously didn't have much of an effect. They were a first-round exit with him on the team. So let's stop saying that, oh, Al Horford – and listen, I like Al Horford. I'm sure he's you know still got enough in him to contribute. But let's stop acting like Al Horford's the savior of this team. What John's saying is something that we've hinted at, and what we've actually mentioned on this on multiple episodes of the show, is that star after star, player after player, come and go on this team, and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum – are still here. Why are so many great players so willing to leave this team? Kemba Walker, if you believe the reports, wanted to leave too. I mean, at some point, is there a star player that wants to make it work with these two young guys, believes in these two young guys, or do these two young guys have to therefore believe in their teammates around them? But there is definitely a disconnect, and I go back to that word, because watching this team this year, whoever's fault it is, whoever was preferential treatment and who wasn't, there was a huge disconnect, and when you want to give Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown all the credit when things go well, you have to give them the criticism when things don't go well. At some point, the more yeah. bigger role they have, 
the more criticism they're going to have to take. And the finger point is is going to be pointed towards them in good and in bad. But Jimmy, let's be real, though, about most of the guys that have left and why they left. Most of them left because they had a, either a better opportunity to play or they got more money. I mean, Al Horford, he made it pretty damn clear that if I opt out, you give me a new deal, this is what I want. And okay. if you do that, I'm here. And if you don't, I'm bouncing. And they were like, go ahead, see what you can get. Yeah, and he yes, got the money. Yes and no. Paid, yes and no. Absolutely. Uh, no hold on, hold left. on. That's a timeout. I got to call a timeout there. For Al, yes. But Al left partly because Kyrie left. And, the, yes. and and Kyrie left because at the beginning of the year, he's like, this is where I want to be. And then by the end of the year, he's like, this is not where I want to be. And he threw a ton of not so thinly veiled criticism at the younger players. Okay. So Kyrie's mm -hmm. issue very clearly publicly was with those guys. Gordon Hayward, while he didn't call those Although guys. Oh, they're best buds now. While, while Gordon Hayward didn't call those guys a problem, he left for more opportunity. He didn't want to be in the shadow of those guys. So you have two people who have directly alluded to issues that they've had, whether it was the kids don't get it and they're not willing to work yet. And, and that you got a lot of that from those guys. Even Marcus Morris was saying it. He got into it with Jalen Brown. You got a couple of veterans who had that vibe in that Marcus year. Marcus Smart and, seems to be having that same And Marcus vibe. Smart's gotten into it too. So you've got a lot of people who are like, I don't think these kids get it. And so maybe it's we, obvious and, to them that and they we are keep going rallying to the, to the side of the kids. We keep rallying to them. But as Joe Sway said earlier, Right now, you've done, okay, you're going to get a coach that we think you can jive with better than Brad because that wasn't working, and you're, there's nobody freaking left. It's you guys, and it's your show, you know? So if that's – even if And if it doesn't work – and if there's a, if there's more problems here, you, we are going to get to the point where – We have where a serious problem now. You yeah. might have a problem. Yeah. That's, there's that's going to be that. anybody else left to blame. That's because what, look Al, what we did all year. All year we were like, we didn't give the front him office and goes, I'm done, guys. That's yeah. it. They, they don't want to listen. You know, look at the excuse all year. All year they, they, they need out to a scouting them. role. Yeah, I'm off for good. What does that? What, what does that mean ultimately, though? Because they have time with these guys, and they're still so young and early in their progression. You do and you don't. Every because, every, because every young star goes Bobby. through this, though. Well, Bron went through this. Stars don't want to play with each other. Then you do and you don't. Right. The difference is they're not LeBron. If it's toxic right now or there's tension or something's not working right now, it's not going to get better. Miraculously. So what do you do? What I'm saying is you don't know. Right now, they're on the clock, so to speak, at this point. Because all year long, we're like, they didn't get enough help. Well, they had a ton of freaking help, and all of those guys left before. So this oh, is what oh. you got. They're not right? on the clock. I mean, I mean, yes, such yes different no. roles when those other guys were around. I mean, that, that, that was the issue. The fact that they basically – Tatum and Brown were in a very – clear role that they needed to play and they outgrew that role exponentially quicker than most thought they would and that caused problems i can't be mad at young guys who step their game up before anyone thinks they should and the ogs the old heads are like wait 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 we got a problem no og you have the problem this young fella is ready to roll and you're not ready but is he Gerard, this is what i'm saying we is have constantly we have constantly, and myself also, have come to the defense of these guys. We're like, get Kyrie the F out of here. Get this guy out of here. Build around these guys. All offseason, we're saying, right. I don't – I'm saying, and I don't do whatever that. they want. One do whatever, year, do whatever they want. I'm like, if they want this coach, hire that coach. If they want this guy gone, hire that guy gone. I'm basically saying, and all these freaking idiots in the chat, like, this is crazy. 
No, we're literally saying appease them and give them every single thing that they want no, right now because you have to build around them. But if we keep having problems and dysfunction and issues, you're going to run Absolutely. out of things. You're going to run out head. of you're going to run out of places to point. Now you've basically said you're going to get your coach. You get to run the show entirely yourself. And Brad basically goes out today and says, we're building, we traded Kemba to have flexibility to build a roster around these two guys. So that's what I mean by on the clock. We've now, it is your team, your coach, your everything. Go. Yep. And that's, and why, that, that's when that's what the I'm clock saying. Yes. No, I, I get what you're saying because if you look back on it, yeah. it realistically, the championship window no is excuses when you have those anymore. Two guys yeah. and the rookie contract, like yeah. that's when you know that that's the when you have the Kyrie Irvings and the Gordon Haywards and your two rising stars are still in their rookie contract. Like those two years were supposed to be it, you know, especially 2019 when everyone was healthy. But obviously, we know how that played out. Yeah, yeah, that's just a sunk cost at this point. That failure of the old tenure here. It now is. you're trying to establish this new situation, you, unfortunately. But you need uh, vets. I know if, you need vets. You you can't build a championship contender you around do. two young guys. I absolutely agree. Vets don't like it here. You do. That's, but, the, that's, and that's, that's the because they don't John. play. They don't get to play. Mm. I mean, if, if you're, you're Jeff Teague, and granted, Jeff Teague did not play well. I totally get that. But a few bad games, and this kid that you drafted at near the end of the first round from from Oregon is outperforming you, and you don't play. Yeah, well, that's that on you. And, and, that, and, that, and that's my issue here. The, a lot of the young guys got they outperformed, they outkicked their coverage basically. That's right. It was supposed to be a certain level ability wise, and a lot of them have outperformed that. But the problem that the Celtics have, to Jimmy's point. You still need that wisdom of a veteran. And the Celtics, they just haven't been able to get talented enough veterans to yeah. compliment their young guys. Right. That's yeah. all, that, that, so that's on them. But, okay, Teague, fine. When I, when I mean vets, I mean vets that still have, like, a legitimate in the tank. ability to contribute. Yes. Teague was a flyer. We, I feel like me and John have a mentioned one. this a hundred yeah. times. He yeah. doesn't matter at all. He doesn't right. matter. They need they need a, a you know a mid level exception type veteran that can come in and set the tone and be a voice and still contribute on the court. That's what they need. That's what these these championship teams have a good mixture of both. They don't just have well, they're two young stars the leading the way yeah. to the championship. They need, Jay Cra- they need Jay Crowder. You know, like. Uh, <laughs> They actually do they need did. players like that. Crowder, they do. Y'all. That's exactly who they needed. Bring them back. That, they, that's exactly who they needed this year. Band, they might as well bring Jay back as well. In terms of attitude, in terms of positional depth, he would have been perfect this year. We perfect. joke about it, but it's the truth. Yeah. yeah. It is the How truth. Isaiah? No. Isaiah's the type of veteran you want. I just don't know if the fit's there. It's a fit might not be there, but that's you no, need that leadership and that pride that he brings, though. You do, Tom, you do need Thompson, that. Thompson showed more than anything that you can have a guy saying the right things and bringing that cachet, but you have to be able to bring it on the court too and fit exactly. here. Like Teague, forget about it. Like he just wasn't good enough, and it didn't matter what he was doing in the room. If you bring in lower bench veterans just to replace Grant and those type of guys, Jabari Parker, it yeah. didn't matter because he, he wasn't doing enough. You need a guy like. Kyle Lowry, who's actually going to be part of your big three here, oh, here can be go. a voice in the room, but can also do it on the court. Because let's be real, they just didn't have enough on the court last year to win at the highest level. Should they have been better than they were? Absolutely. But they also did not have a core that was going to be able to compete with the top flight teams in this league. And they had so many issues when it came to that Kemba situation and the youth on the team that 
they ultimately weren't going to be able to go anywhere, even in a best case scenario. So you're going to have to completely reshape this roster right now with guys that can be a voice and contribute and get along with the others in the room there. Like the, the more I think about it, we're looking at a substantial overhaul of this team this offseason. It has only just begun. Yeah. I mean, <sighs> clear it out. There's not much you can do. They, I mean, you got to <laughs> you, you get rid to of Tristan. Yeah. Tristan, yeah. can we you just talk get... about Tristan Thompson? What What is this that we that I've seen on, uh, I guess him and Chloe are done again. I had to bring that up in the show. I mean, if we don't you... bring that up in the show. Yeah, I mean, we saw Because we don't care, Jimmy. That's why. <laughs> listen, this is all, listen, it's, it's full circle that's coverage why. here on CLNS. Jimmy, on the court, Jimmy, off the court, riding in her drama, DM, bro. reality TV show. Give Tristan up, Thompson bro. and Khloe Kardashian are reportedly D-O-N-E done again. Yeah, and, so. and Tristan, no Tristan, again. Jimmy's trying to I'm slide in. her DMs. Yeah, Jimmy's trying She's to slide too tall in for me. She's too tall for me. Based off of that report, women in the world are too tall for you. But who Tristan seems <laughs> she, really broken really up is. about it. Don't ever let yeah, it go like that, Jimmy. Tristan yeah. Thompson's really broken up about he it. He's seen, really broken up. seen with three women reportedly at the at some mansion in uh, was it Florida or California? I think California. I don't care. <laughs> so listen, but maybe, but okay. Well, didn't somebody mention uh, Celtics didn't take COVID seriously? Did somebody say that was in the report? Yeah, I'm outside that in with Tristan and, and and the Kardashians. I'm, I'll take it. I'm just saying, like I don't think you know who you are. Seems to be out and about. <laughs> That's all. I'm gonna I don't say. know how you would have the most. I hate Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy was ready to. He was ready for one more season of Tristan. I'm not so saying he, he super be, spreader, so but he hey, be out and about. And but you just did. Why do people say I'm not saying, and they say exactly what they no, say? No, I'm not saying. saying it. I'm not saying you it. Just did. No, I said I wasn't saying it. <laughs> but you did. <laughs> so, anyways, another saying, guy, another guy they might have to think about moving. You know, we didn't. Per usual, the guy we didn't mention here or emphasize enough. Oh, don't say it. Jalen oh, yeah. Brown. Sure. I mean, so okay. I, I'm okay. I'm willing to move on from Fournier in certain scenarios. Obviously, in that Lowry one, you'd be letting Fournier go. Brown, whatever they do, it needs to accentuate him the most. Like now that Kemba's out the door, they really more than ever before have to make sure Brown's shooting just as many times as Tatum is per night and has the ball in his hands just as often as Tatum does here. Because ultimately, the biggest fault and the turning point of last year was when things got away from Brown and that early season success that he had on the way to eight and three. Uh, if anybody deserves to be frustrated and undersold and shown less favoritism so far compared to others at this point in his career. It's Brown who last year showed that he's one of the most efficient players in the NBA period, capable of reaching all NBA level and far too often just ended up in the corner or off the ball, uh, trying to find his spots. He's got to be one B to Tatum at this point and whatever moves make that the easiest here, whether it's taking the ball out of Tatum's hand and in a point guard that can, find both of them at an equal rate. Uh, that's what they ultimately have to do here because I don't know what the point of going forward is going to be if they don't accentuate Brown more. And, and that was the biggest reason I was willing to move on from Brad too because his offense didn't do a good enough job of doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good night. And on that note, <laughs> thanks for coming out. Listen, no, Jalen so, Brown so, is obviously a star, but that's when we're talking about, you know, if players, you know, if we're talking about Jalen and Jason and players not 
seeming to fit in with them or this, that, and the other thing. I think at some point, you know, if you, if you have to decide between one of the two guys, I think we all agree that Tatum is, is number one guy and, and, and Brown's the number two guy. If you decide between one of them, your run's over. So you got to figure right. out how to make them both you have to work but together. Like I'm, I'm reading this. You're just gonna about, go down with the ship, like until they both both their contracts expire. Well, no, that's your only choice at this point. Down the road. Well, Bobby but, says that's your only choice, and Joe Sir says no, it's not. I mean, heading I really into the don't. season, I don't think you. I don't think this off season you're thinking. Do you have? Oh, to not this off season. No, no, of course oh. not. I'm not trying to get rid of one of them. Oh, I'm not I trying to get rid of either one of them. But I'm just saying. We're talking about is. players that fit and players that don't Goodman's fit been with, trying to with trade this roster. Before the season started. I agree. You I, have to do ev- you have to do everything. Brad Stevens' number one job is to build a roster where all the players fit around Tatum and Brown. So far, it hasn't happened. So we'll see. Nakemba moves a good start because ultimately he wasn't going to be able to fit into that dynamic. We had a sense that that was the case very early last season. Yeah. Are they better? Are they better now? Well, I mean, I if he's, I think so. For real, you think that you think the team on the court is better no. today than it was before the trade? No. I really think they are. No, because really? the, because of the defense, the unreliability in terms of they the would health. have been just as good putting them on the bench. So no. The answer is yeah, no. Yeah, but you can't put him on the – it's like what we just watched with Ben Simmons. You can't have a $30 million You didn't guy. get enough in return to justify – you got you got players at positions that weren't necessarily positions of need. You got um, things that you needed, defense, passing, shooting in Horford. He is a much better fit on this roster than Kemba. And frankly, he I might be a better player at this point. He's he he's only he's he might be a better fit, but you have nothing to replace Kemba with. You don't have you don't have the repl- you can't replace the scoring, and you don't have a point guard right now. So the hole the hole it leaves on this team is bigger than whatever you create by adding what you added. So they're worse today, in my opinion. They're worse. Does it, but you assume it's the well, first domino done. to fall. Right. So you going you're going Rob Horford, Tatum. Tatum's now you're small right. forward. You're running Brown's double big shooting guard. Yeah. I'm not 48. Are we doing this back. again? Double bigs all over again? They're running double bigs. Okay. No, I, I, right, I think Bobby. if Fournier is back, he probably starts. And Al will come off the bench. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Al's coming Al, off the bench. Pritchard, Neesmith, Romeo, and Al doesn't want, Al doesn't want that of, five spot. Once you hit a certain age, you don't want that five spot. No, Jimmy, Kevin Garnett will tell you that. If, if you they're telling the you that you're going to play 20 or so minutes and you're probably going to play a lot at the five, you're cool with that because that means your wear and tear isn't going to be what it was when they expected you to play 30, 35 minutes at the five spot. That's the problem if you're Al. You don't want to play, you don't want that kind of smoke. 20 minutes, I'm good. I'm good. No, but I don't think you, you don't want to play the four. Twenty either, minutes. You, the new bet, four are the Kevin Durant's and the Jason Tatum's of the world. You know that's like, why I you want to be at the five if you're out. Do you, yeah. you want to be at the, the five now? Those is, guys don't, you don't want have, to be banging down low. No, fives don't bang anymore, Jimmy. Yeah, they get caught back. That's the name of my next album. Fives don't bang anymore. You know, that's it. You're welcome. Real ones You're do. Welcome. Real ones do. Hey, Al, Al can do whatever he needs them to do. That's well, between Moses Brown, you, you know, Moses and Al and Time Lord. I want to be on that album. Five, Five don't, don't bang anymore. anymore. It's like my country album. Yeah. yeah. What is the cover? <laughs> what is that? What's the art like? CLNS <laughs> Records release. The cover Five art. Fives don't bang anymore. Fives don't bang anymore. 
Debut from Silas Records. John, John Silhouette. <laughs> you know what's good? We're gonna have a lot of we're gonna have a lot of breaking news shows this off season. I just have a feeling it's gonna be like one after another. And a lot of merch. We're gonna start doing merch here, okay? I oh, think for sure. sure. Okay. Yeah. Start with the T-shirt. My first one is gonna be Jim, Little Jimmy going to homeschool T-shirt. I'm gonna make <laughs> one of those. <laughs> Mine's gonna be Bobby in an apology cam. Yeah, screen. big apology cam t-shirt. <laughs> Years from now, we'll Joe Sway and, and something one. about Wi-Fi. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. One like yeah. No, put the old school like bars. <laughs> Glitchy yeah, Joe yeah, Sway, yeah. Bo Boomer Rage Nick with his head exploding. You know? <laughs> yeah, that'll be one good. G. Um, so yeah, so um, we, again, it was a one-off garden report. We did it. We talked a lot about the um, the report and some stuff. We're still kind of like we said. We keep using the term autopsy, figuring out some of the stuff that's happening with the team. Brad did a press conference today. Did not offer a lot in terms of uh, any insights here. It was really kind of like the you know how I spent my summer vacation, fourth grade, you know, report equivalent of a press conference. Like Brad, is it cool being a G? You know, like there wasn't a lot of meat there. The Horford stuff, the you know, it was talked about a little. Kemba salary flexibility. Any takeaways from Brad before we wrap it up? Because I didn't get a lot, um, you know, from 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 that today. I mean, the only thing that I thought was was fairly interesting was just how it's, it's clear that that Tatum and Brown are going to be involved in the process, and that was something that we did not have a true sense about. And when you look throughout the NBA, that's one of the easiest ways to get your star player to want to get the hell out of town. Uh, start making decisions that yeah. they find out on Twitter. That's just not how it should go. You don't have to. You don't have to sign off on them, but give them a heads up that what the hell you're doing before right. they find out on Twitter. That's yeah. just not. That's never cool. Yeah, and Brad, and Brad understands that. I got, I got the same vibe as well, and and then everything he said about Al Horford and, and what he does and making players better and how he can make back. Tatum and <laughs> guys like Tatum and, and Jalen better. You know, like so obviously that's the direction and. Again, you know, like I said earlier, I, I clearly they had a say in this thing, or at least he, they were informed. So I, I, I think that's the direction you need to go yeah. in if you're Brad Stevens, and this is a great step in that direction. There was one thing for me um, that I, you know that uh, I thought of. Well, he was asked about, um, did you ever think about waiting to bring in a new coach before you made a major move like this? And Brad was like, you could tell he was like. No, never never dawned on me actually um and also again there was the desire to get this done in this league year because of all the reasons we stated but yeah it is interesting because how many more moves and how many more things are you going to do without a coach in place without their input and then bring them in here and say you know okay coach these guys you know so while brad stevens absolutely values everything al horford brings a new guy might come in and be like i don't want this washed up old dude you know like and you know can we find a way to get rid of him and you've already got an issue right out of the gate like i this is not how I want to coach this team. Like, you know, and I so wonder. you start doing other moves. Go, yeah, what do you want? You start, you, no, you start building I, I too much say, of a team. I, I wonder yeah. how much is Brad thinking back to when he came to Boston and how Danny kept flipping players left and right. And yeah. Brad's thinking, well, shit, I learned how to coach in this league on the fly just like that. And if I'm going to bring someone in to be a coach, they're going to have to learn how to make the most out of whatever the hell hand they're dealt. Yeah. And in two or three years, when we're ready to potentially have the cap space to go out and get a great player to add to Tatum and Brown, that's all. they're, yeah. they're going to have the yeah. experience of knowing how to work with, with whatever they're dealt with. They're going to be better off for it. Maybe, that's, that, maybe like that. that's his master plan. 
that's why I like that part when he was talking about uh, no matter what that guy, whatever he goes through, I'll well, I'll make sure we go grab a beer or a cup of coffee or whatever. Like I guess that first loss, when, yeah. When things get yeah, that first loss and and obviously I think he also meant when when things are down, you know, when it rains it pours, you know, in the city. And he knows firsthand, I think. So yeah, I yeah. do love yeah. Brad. You you get the sense that the realization that it wasn't working for him as a personality in the room, he's now going to restart and put this effort in a GM. You hope it's long-term, but again, seal of approval passes with flying colors. That first move. I, I just love that trade. <laughs> Got more yeah, out of it yo, than I even expected. Yo, Sherrod, you want to go half on that spotlight? Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my um, God. Two yes. things, two takeaways. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Go ahead, Jimmy. One. <laughs> Brad had years and years, a years and years and years long leash with Danny. So whoever he hires, are we to expect that he's going to sort of like pay it forward? And like this coach is going to be around for, you know, pay a while. Pay it forward? This isn't pay charity. I, mean, I don't know. That's what I'm wondering. No. I mean, I guess we'll find out. But no, that's that's nah. my first takeaway. I think I think he will. I think whoever he hires, he's going to stick Whoa. with for a while. We don't, yeah, know how long, we don't know how long Brad will be here. Well, that's the thing. Right. If Brad goes, then all bets are off. Who knows at that point? The other thing was, one of the things Brad said today was, uh, you know, he told Danny that he wants to see Danny in the building often. He thinks Danny's going to stick around and, and Danny's house. You know, be around. Danny lives in his house today, $4.5 million for sale in Wellesley. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know how much you're going to see of Danny Ainge in, uh, in, I just in the like a of smoke, like You think you're going to see house. Danny here in January? <laughs> Sherrod, I was telling these guys on text, if we get the collection plate going and, and we all chip in, maybe that could be our permanent Garden Report headquarters there. We just go to Danny's house. We'll just oh. we'll just we'll just do it there. You know, it's like we'll that. Set up right outside. Get Nick on the phone, Nick. Make it happen. Make yeah, it happen. It. Make you know, it, it happen. Right outside his house. It goes yeah. back to that analogy about like you know when you leave your job and you're like, yeah, man, we should totally hang out. Like we'll, we'll definitely like keep in touch. And then like you walk through, like yeah, I'm never seeing that guy. Never mind leaving the job, retiring. <laughs> <He's> gone. <laughs> he gone. <laughs> who 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 retires and hangs around the job to help out? That's. That is not happening. Oh, no, a lot of yeah. folks, Especially back if in you're the day, not residing in a warm yeah, in retirement community. Yeah. I mean, please, well, he's yeah, gone. The new, the, yeah, especially the, now, the new normal is like, yo, just FaceTime me. Bro. You'll, you'll be all right. We'll figure this out. Well, the TD yeah. Garden used, yeah. used to be littered with, with you know, the legends of, of, you know, the 70s and 80s and all that stuff. So you, would, you wouldn't be surprised to see a guy like Danny Ainge walking around the halls. But now... Those days are long gone. You don't see any of that. You won't see any of that, I don't think, anymore. Yeah. Um, last thing I wanted to bring up on this, not on the Brad front, but we didn't get a chance to dance on the 76ers' grave. Um, Good. They lose their <laughs> – and so we're going to do that for a split second, and I hope there's a few Philly fans in here. No, shout um, out to Kyle. Kyle Draper. It's not yeah. like they don't got time. It's not yeah. like they got anything yeah. else better to do. So, so that, what a what, just from a so two things, and then Simmons' story ended up dominating. But from just a Schadenfreude perspective, obviously, it's great to have you know <laughs> the, the, the Nets wow. and the Sixers lose in the second round if you're a Celtics fan. But two, also watching the almost complete like the Sixers went from a total friggin' disaster to, to to the one seed with their two stars working it out filling shooters around them, the right coach in there, and everything is fine, and uh-oh, now we got to contend with them, to right back to the same dumpster fire they were at the end of last year with what do you do with Sim Simmons? He's useless. He can't shoot. we got to get out. And it's worse. And, and, a year and, ago. Split and, him. 
And Doc was miserable in this series, miserable coaching too. And now everybody's freaking out. So go ahead, Jimmy. Well, <laughs> last last when it ended last season and into the offseason, all they, what they did was they prolonged uh, uh, the inevitable, which was having to choose between Simmons and Embiid. And they went out and they got Doc Rivers, and it seemed like he may have unlocked them. And you know, they obviously had a great regular season. They were sort of clicking there, but then you go into the playoffs. Ben Simmons just refuses to shoot the ball. You can't score if you don't shoot. Shoot your shot. All the analogies in the world. There's just no excuse for this guy to still be scared of shooting the ball from outside the freaking cylinder and even inside the cylinder now. So they're in trouble because they have two big, big issues. One, they probably have to trade Ben Simmons. Two, they probably have to re-sign Joel Embiid to the Supermax, which pays him like $50 million a year. For a guy Jimmy, that has huge injury history. Jimmy, I'm going to tell you right now, though. Pay that man. He, there's literally one to. player on that franchise who showed up when the games mattered oh. most. And that's the guy with the damn tearing his damn ACL. They have that's to. That's scary, though. Yeah, but I'm going to tell you, that's I am I am very, like, 27 years old going on 37 for Embiid in terms of his health. This is a guy who I do not believe. I, I don't think he, uh, his prime years are not going to last much longer. He's 27 now. I don't see him Jeez. sustaining this These level of guys, play man. for more than a couple of years. I mean, he yeah. came in with a cracked back and missed two years, you know, right out of right out of college. I mean, this guy has is big and he and he takes a pounding. They have no choice, but I'm telling you, every year past 30, it, I don't know what this what 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 he's going to be like. I I really don't know. Uh and Simmons has Almost no value at this point. You're talking about a guy. That's not who, true. Simmons has. Simmons, oh, it's low, Jimmy. It's pretty it's, damn it's low. It's pretty low right he's now. He's just making too much, but he's still very, he's very the good. Well, that's he why he has. Well. Yeah, that's exactly why. But that's the, the problem. It's the contract. And he's, he's, a, he's a specialist. Not a. He's not a franchise cornerstone. Well, I mean, you know, well, I mean, guess, what teams don't want to pay for. If Ben Simmons was a guy, if Ben Simmons was a guy, guy who made like 15 million a year, everyone would be like, we got to get a Ben Simmons type player on our team. But he's a guy who, like, even before the year, like ESPN, we talked about that top 100 list. He was 16th on their list. People have him as a tier two superstar. He's no dude. You look at you look at these guys out there. He's several tiers below, like a Trey Young or a guy. Not not even close in terms of impact and value. You cannot. Like you know who, it's, it's going to be hard for them to really, reshape their roster on the fly uh, by moving Simmons because they're never going to get value back. Here's so they and no one's going to believe that he's ever going to be anything more than a defensive specialist because he's actually regressed as an offensive force. Regress. Yes. How the hell do you go from being someone who doesn't take threes to someone who doesn't even dunk the damn ball? There's layouts, nothing between yeah. you and the rim but air. There's literally nothing between you but air. And you know, I, I thought it was really telling. When he was asked about why fouled. he didn't dunk that last in, in the last game, why he didn't dunk, he mentioned that he thought he might have gotten hit from the back by Gallinari. And then it, it hit me. He was afraid to go to the freaking free throw line. It's to the point now where he doesn't even look to shoot for, for fear that he might get fouled. And if he gets fouled, oh, my God, I got to take the free throw, the <laughs> one where no one is guarding me, the one where right. I stand in the same spot and everyone pauses for me to shoot that I can't make. I can't make that shot. Practice a billion times. Just stand there in the drive. I'm not buying the practice. It's I don't legitimately, think, I don't think it's refusal to do 
your job. Like it is your job. And so um, you remember. He you quit remember, in the series. But, but do you remember Brett Brown two years ago? He was like, he's going to shoot it. And I told him he's got to shoot it and yeah. he's got to go out there. And then the next game, he went out and didn't Nothing. shoot it. He's basically <laughs> like, they're basically saying, I do not care if you miss. I need you to attempt some outside shots. Yeah, you saw that. You saw the process that they and were trying to lay out for him. Do it. They're like, take him and miss. You got to start. Taken I can't believe Doc like, couldn't get him nope, to shoot. He won't even take them. Like he refuses to. Like we don't care if you make them. We want you to fail. Do it, and he won't. He won't do it. It's the most apt nip nickname for him is coward. That the, the Celtics pinned on him. He's a coward. No, I this mean, this coward. was the next level because this wasn't about him shooting threes or you know, going outside his comfort zone and this and that. It's exactly what Sherrod said. He regressed to a point of just complete uselessness on that end because he didn't want to assert himself. And he essentially quit on this team because he's been relegated out of his point guard role, uh, essentially relegated out of importance on this offense. They're asking him to make secondary passes, cut to the basket, and play good defense. And as a guy who probably saw himself as a star frustrating so in five out of the seven fourth quarters he decides i'm not going to take a shot here and that's just quitting on the team and so Get everyone the floor if you're gonna kill I mean, you have no value to me yeah. when you can't take open shots at a time when your coach is damn near on his knees begging you to take open shots. We're not talking about taking threes. We, I, I let that ship sail. I don't care whether he ever never takes another three. But if but you an elbow jumper, rim, I do. Take a mid-range jumper. Take, drive to the basket. Do something that shows me you actually care about my the team. Contrast. The contrast against Giannis, you know, taking those elbow jumpers in game seven there, hitting a couple big threes, going to the line 14 times in that environment. I was Man, there. seven in a row. Bam. I was there. I, I never heard a chant like that. I mean, credit to that crowd, that chant counting up to the 10 there on the free throws. And then he airballs a couple times early in that game. You were like, oh, no, is Giannis going to go through this too? Yeah, but then he goes and hits. But Giannis he goes and hits eight free throws and gets old. it done. The difference between it is Giannis is depressing when I noticed that. Giannis is like, I, okay, I'm going to find a way to impact this game. Simmons exactly. is like, I gotta shrink. I'm gonna shrink to the background. So Giannis, even through his struggles, you know, he's, he's battling his hands a little bit. He was struggling with his free throws. He wasn't sure whether or not to take jumpers and stuff. He's like, I'm going to will my way to, you know, to helping my team win because they need me. Simmons is content to disappear disappear on the court and, and his not teammates are getting the sense that you and, know what if you're going to disappear we're going to ignore you yeah we're not even we're going to pretend that you're not out you're playing four on five and and to have to have your the other star player call him out publicly yeah I've, I, don't, I don't remember seeing anything like that, that does recently. not happen often no that was Dude, shocking this is yeah. the last big game he's ever going to play in. He's not going to Portland in this spot and these contending spots. And even people keep kicking around the Celtics. Why would a losing team take him? As a project. A draw. As a project. And you, and you, right. and stays, you don't take $40 million because projects. They, because they're losing teams. Losing teams, losing teams do. Losing teams do. Yeah, losing teams do that all the time. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> That's why they're a losing team. Yeah. 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 But. Let's, list the, let's list the guys the, the Sixers can get. John Wall, 
Porzingis, Gary Welcome Harris. to our world. <laughs> yeah, I said that misery loves company. Watch, it's going to be Simmons for Kemba. <laughs> oh, God. you imagine? I asked Bobby that. I was, hey, yeah, I can't you, imagine. You think the Celtics Wait, that's had, not crazy. had a chance? No. Well, that's what I said to Bobby. I was like, if the Celtics had a Kemba a little bit longer, do you think they could have flipped Kemba and, and like whatever to get Simmons? Wait Oklahoma a second. Would they do that? Would they, would they do Simmons and Ke- Simmons and Kemba and give uh, and take firsts away from OKC? Uh, that's not crazy. Maybe it's not crazy, but man, that's. I just don't know. Does anyone have Kemba's medicals? Does like anyone yes, know I what's going them. on? <laughs> Give me one second, Bobby. Yeah, it's on. like it, it's like teams keep taking them and saying it's going to be all right, and then it's it's not. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Don't trade from. Look at him now. Yeah. Don't, oh don't my god! Oh my not god! Good. Oh. Is that a knee? <laughs> is that like is that, is that sausage? Oh my god! What oh, is that? I love Kimba. Uh, I love Kimba. I know she was healthy. Uh, yeah, yeah too. Oh, too bad. Oh, Maybe God, he will I be. Who knows? I, I, I don't know what that here. trade's going to be. I mean, the C.J. Simmons one is okay just because Portland needs defense that badly. But if, CJ played, if C.J. played you know, at Lehigh, so, I mean, it'll be somewhat of a homecoming of sorts for him. Man, they're um, rough on him in Portland, huh? They are. I would they, love for C.J. They, in Boston. Would love he's it. He's such a good would dude. They, they hang a lot of their failures on him. They get so – Well, he's, what's he, 5'10"? He's a real polarizing nah, player. He's, I, think he's I think he's closer to no, – I think CJ might actually be – He's like, definitely six feet. He's like six feet. Yeah, he's like six feet. Like no, he's like six feet. He's like What do you mean 5'10"? Yeah. Yeah. He's a smaller he's guy. He's tall yeah. enough to step out of bounds in the final seconds of the game. I Damn, love Jimmy. Had to go there, Jimmy. He's listed as six three. I thought he was six four. <laughs> right? He grew yeah. a lot when he was at yeah, Lehigh. Jimmy, he was very short. That's what clearly that's what Jimmy thinks of when he thinks of when someone mentions okay. CJ McCullough. People don't. Forget. He's a killer. He's a killer on offense. It's just Portland needs defense that <laughs> badly <laughs> that maybe they're willing to talk. Everyone, in everyone that. likes that Simmons CJ thing right out of the gate. That's the first one. But anyway, um, we did need to shit on them a little bit. Watching the Nets and the Sixers yeah, go out uh, was brilliant. I yeah. love watching Philly fans Great cry weekend. and but be pissed and all that. Outside stuff. of the Schadenfreude thing, what Great I will weekend. say is, having watched all of these teams play, um, Milwaukee doesn't look that daunting or that scary or like a team not even close that that you can't overcome the Sixers now don't look like a team that's going to be that difficult for the Celtics to overcome and really you've only got the massive Nets hurdle which is to say if those three guys are healthy turn out the lights well you were right about that health thing I mean it just happened like clockwork like boom 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 there goes their big three they're all and that's it so again you're banking on a couple of guys who are you know 30 plus or whatever which those guys tend to get hurt more their primes mm-hmm. also their windows start their prime windows start to close which means getting them to play at the peak levels you've seen them yeah. is less likely doesn't mean they're not going to be great i mean it's hard to argue that durant didn't have as good a year as he's had you know as we see amazing in the playoffs and amazing in the playoffs but he missed some time too and he's going to be one year older you know Kyrie uh, Kyrie the youngest of the bunch has had one year of over 70 games in his last six Kyrie breaks down and how much left, longer is his career left and freaking yeah. right okay so he he can never stay healthy so right healthy nothing you could do about that team but you think you can't overtake Milwaukee or Philly after watching them go through what they went through here even though Milwaukee's still playing that doesn't look like a team that I'm super scared of going forward so in a basketball scared, in but... a basketball sense 
you, you feel good because your rivals lost and you friggin' love watching the Nets and the uh, Sixers go down. But in a basketball sense, I feel a little bit better about the mountain doesn't seem as, 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 as high to climb. It's not some of the holes that you've got to fill. Uh, I mean, when you look at the Knicks, you look at the Hawks, they're kind of in the same boat as the Celtics where even though they obviously went a little bit further in the playoffs, they still Hawks have some noticeable holes to fill going next, Hawks, before next year. The Hawks' trajectory is a little scary because they, they'll attract players too. And they'll, they have pieces to offer for other stars if they want to build the core up or they can be patient with Hunter, Herder, and these other guys. And you're finally starting to see – like the model of Golden State that they were falling a little bit there with they got they can't screw up John Collins though they they got to make that happen because if if the, he walks I think they will I think they will they, they now, look they, now this they was will. the thing the the whole point with Collins was they weren't sure whether they wanted to pay him that max extension I don't think they're going to have a difficult time doing that now it was just a matter of if they wanted to yeah, commit that money to him completely different narrative right. yeah now now I right. think they're going to want to before it was it better. Was, it was the choice. It was a choice before. They didn't know uh, who they were. They didn't know if they were good enough before. But I mean, look at this Hawks team. I mean, they've like jumped. They're up so to, like, much one, fun. One of the most fun. I love teams Kevin Herter. Thank love God they won. Collins. Yeah. Trey might be like my favorite I couldn't watch the Sixers play anymore. Oh, Trey Young is just like awesome. Like his attitude, like his tenacity. Like he loves to be the villain. He'll go into an away arena and you know like. Taunt Shit, the crowd like that's what I love. I love Booker, that. I love I love that Booker and Young are still are still playing Booker right now. Booker is just so cut weird. from the same cloth. Like yeah. they're very yeah. just like they want to punch you in the face. Yeah, There's Young's passing. I've waited for this for a long time. Young's passing is just Great so much passing. fun to he's watch. The way he's so fast, he's a, just a he's just a bullet getting wherever he wants to go. He's emotional. Oh. Like yeah. he's like he take he wants the shot. Like you kidding me? You talk about Simmons. I mean, he's the complete opposite. I mean, he'll take he'll take a shot from half court if you give it to him. I mean, not only yeah. that, those red like uniforms he, they wear, beautiful. I love those. <laughs> oh, nice one. <laughs> Both of them in depth analysis on the uniforms. <laughs> they were nice. I'm sorry, Bobby. I didn't see that coming. In. Sorry. Bobby, that's oh, that's nice Bobby. Oh, they're so good. Uh, well done, Bobby. <laughs> The unis. I, I mean, guys are beautiful. I should use it more often. I just don't. Luca, Luca is still better than Trey Young. We can all agree. But I'll, man, I'll tell you what. There's something about Trey Young that I wouldn't. I wouldn't just call that trade like one way for like. Who knows? I mean, Trey Young is making a name for himself these playoffs, and Luca's yeah. on a, an organization that's you know in a tailspin right now. A dysfunctional, and, and Luca hates everybody. Apparently, right. he had issues with Carlisle. He had issues with the with the front office. So it you don't want to see that that flipped. Because the Hawks, I mean, the Hawks were dead a year ago. Right. Yeah. Just, just no trajectory to them whatsoever. No defense. It looked like the potential was stagnant a bit there. And now that young core that they have, young, but also it's Sherrod mentioned Herder is. We saw what he is last night. Love just a him. guy that can go off. Can he be your Clay Thompson? Can yeah, DeAndre can Hunter be your Draymond Green eventually? There's something brewing there. And then. It's you know, good though. You like to see it, you know. Yeah. It's it's fun to watch. And they got and they got the right vets you? surrounding them. Gallinari, Capella, guys who have Lou enough Williams. juice to make an impact, Lou but they're Williams, not good yeah. enough to be your franchise type guys. And they know their roles. Yeah, they know their right. roles. That's what yeah. you those need. Moves, you need yeah. those guys. You need those guys over the first or second year players who are you know trying to earn playing time and all this crap. 
I, I, you know, it's crazy too. And this East Finals, I don't, I haven't heard anyone mention this. Bogdan, that Knicks deal to Milwaukee, the league essentially just stealing him away from them because they want to put the clamp down on tampering, and he ends up yeah. in Atlanta. He's a guy that could swing this series with Milwaukee. Yeah. Not having he's got that same kind of swagger that Trey does, as far as like. You know, when when folk when the game gets a little bit squirrely and he hits a shot, he's looking around for somebody to silence. Yeah, I love that. Well, love he's that. Playoffs. have a good playoff because his regular season was kind of he was oh, crappy a lot for a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. these yeah. playoffs have been so good. Yeah, but they have been. It, you know, they have been. Uh, despite what, and we've had the playoffs with no LeBron. I know. Uh, no LeBron. <laughs> no LeBron. No Curry. No oh, That's true. It's true. No, yeah. Le, 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 no, LeBron, First no Curry. Exit. LeBron's bitching about the 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 stars going out, and this is what Guess you what? get. There's a lot of good players. There's a lot of league. good players. The the, the NBA is filled with stars, and you're seeing a lot of them right now. And it's fun. we needed this. I know they needed this kind of postseason. Some yeah. people are talking like the Kings made the East Finals or the West Finals or something. <laughs> I mean, these are four real deal teams here. You're talking the two seed, the four seed Hawks, the three seed Bucks, who were right there with the Nets and Sixers all year. And then, uh, you know, the Clippers, who people have been waiting to finally break through. These are real deal contenders. This isn't. Uh, I think I think NBA fans are extremely happy with this. Like they're gonna. Who doesn't want a Phoenix Atlanta final? By the way, I, everybody NBA fans wants are, that. Are, I want cool it. with it, but I'm I think all you're, about you're, that. Through, your casual sports fan might that. might tune out. I think your casual sports fan, but Who but cares? basketball fans are going to watch it. I'm just telling Trey you, Young is going to bring the casual are, sports fan into the into the series. I don't oh, know. Totally, fun is yeah. fun. You know, like yeah. you know, uh, we'll fun see. Is You're fun. right. I, yeah, but we're basketball fans, so You're right. It's fun you for mean, us. That's what I mean. Diehards yeah. are going to watch. Obviously, they're going to enjoy it, but yeah, right. casuals. Casuals, they, but the East is open. Run. The East is going to be open next year. I mean, we didn't even talk about like the Hornets. They're going to be better. I mean, Sherrod mentioned the Knicks. I mean. Heat, we didn't mention them. Pit my Pacers, who knows what's going to happen with them in the offseason. Oh, God. <laughs> Did you but just own the Pacers? They've been my preseason team since before this season. Didn't quite How about work my out Raptors? Year, they Bobby back? owns the Pacers. I mean, Bobby the owns Raptors. the Raptors. Jimmy owns the Pacers. Um, you know, it's just – we adopt a team at the beginning of the year. Everyone adopts a team. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And uh, so. it didn't – let's say it wasn't the best adoption. I could have picked a better uh, – Gerard, how you feeling about those Pistons? You gonna start buying back and <laughs> yeah, that's Gerard's. Hell mine, no, mine were the Hell Heat. Hell no, not even close. The only if they get they get the number one pick, then we we got a conversation. Okay, now we got a conversation. But the, short of that, no. Yep. We're gonna put Bob. Speaking of number one pick, we're gonna put Bobby on um, extreme scouting duty for the Celtics' forty-fifth pick because he is very, very interested in this pick, according to his text to us earlier today. Yeah, he said the Celtics absolutely need to nail this pick. Well, when I saw the All Rookie Team, Jay Sean Tate making that a guy who wasn't even close to getting drafted. Yeah, and then Kendrick Nunn the year before that, huge part of that Heat Finals team. It just keeps saying to me that. Year after year, we're starting to see guys in the second round and even undrafted guys really impact teams just because there's that much talent in each class. So you don't really even need a first-round pick to add to your depth. Again, the Celtics have the hardest part done. They got the core stars. You got to find the right contributing pieces here. So that second-round pick is more than enough to add a guy to the rotation who can help. I am not putting much stock uh, in the His name is Jan Medar. I got to be honest. I mean, <laughs> I can't do it. I, 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 that's all I'm gonna say on that one, Bobby. I love you, Bobby. I do. I really do. Yo, but damn, forty fifth pick. If I came, if I came like that, if I came correct like that, you would have. All right, I see you. 
Exactly. Bobby's getting preferential that treatment. Take, drag yeah, that's yeah, right. Bobby's getting preferential. And I'm not sure. Bobby's pissed. my guy. Bobby's my guy. We, we don't oh, want to bash by all the comments. Yeah. So. Here's, um, here's who they have going in the Celtics 45th. Uh, someone by the name of Nashawn Highland out of VCU. Oh, okay. Love okay, that yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When did this thing <laughs> I remember him. VCU. Yeah. Uh, all right, I'll let so, you guys know soon. Okay, so Thanks, Bobby's, Bobby. Bobby's going to start in his research. Uh, we're not doing um, Spotify Green Room tonight. We'll do it another night this week. Um, we're kind of waiting to see if we get some news. I'm kind of hoping to see if we get a coaching hire. Uh, Portland's down to final two candidates. I think once that domino falls, um, Celtics will probably – Celtics will probably – if you get – Chauncey goes there, I think the Celtics will move fast. We might come in and we'll talk about Why that. Why do they have to thoughts. wait? Yeah. That's the stupid yeah. thing. Be first. Yeah, well, it's probably Make the, your offer. Because honestly, yeah. at this point, I think it's very clear Shoot that Chauncey's are, Chauncey's are number one pick, and they're waiting to see if he goes to Portland. And then that's if not, be a, that and has the Clippers, to be it. And the Clippers are still I rolling, just don't yeah. know. Okay. And, the, and the Clippers are still gonna, playing, so you're waiting. Yeah. With, with, why, with why is Chauncey Billups, unless it's like unless he lives out there, why is he choosing the Trailblazers over the Celtics? If that's curious to me. They want that point guard life. He talked about Jason Kidd right after they were eliminated. And they're like, ah, oh, how about we compromise with someone like this, which would be obviously a great choice, a great, a great candidate to come in. So I'm I know, but I, I see why Portland is. is but that's know, the only thing that makes sense. Chauncey's number one, and and then then that's why they won't do it. That's why I'm they gonna blame moved, Wick yeah. if Chauncey ends up <laughs> somewhere else. That yeah. is frustrating okay. if you're Boston that you're not a top, you don't have the top say there, seemingly. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. So, um, all right, so we're going to wrap it tonight. Thanks again, for, uh, guys, for hanging out with us. Um, follow everybody here on Twitter. In addition to Celtics CLNS, um, that's how we're going to notify you when we are going live. We'll we'll put it out there, announce it. We'll tweet it to all of you guys. We'll let you know if we're going to do another one of these shows this week. And, uh, you know, followed by a green room. Uh, as far as promotional stuff, um, Sherrod Blakely has our favorite Horford on the podcast tomorrow. Anna Horford hey. uh, here to what talk up, about the return of Al. So that's, that's the good. A-list podcast. We'll get that yes. out later on tomorrow. Um, of course, you always want to listen to Causeway Street podcast with Joe Sway Pavone, Dome yes, Theory, sir. Bobby Manning, also the Cedric Maxwell podcast. Oh, we also- got a good Dome Theory coming this week. I can't say it yet, but. Oh, you do? Yeah, yep. been, we've good. all been doing our thing. You know? Bobby, <laughs> you can't been. tease it even a little, dude? No, I haven't confirmed it yet. It was, Don't do it, Bobby. Yeah. Don't do it. Just you can't promise just wait. the unconfirmed. It's just Cornette. Wait. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we're going to see Cornette after uh, Moses Brown trade. Off-season talk with Cornette, no. But a lot a lot more good stuff, a lot of basketball talk as we get through these last couple of rounds of the playoffs, and then if things are going to get really interesting as we get into the off-season as well. So um, thanks for hanging and what's kind of a slow period for the Celtics, but it's never slow. There's always something to talk about. You had the big trade. It's never slow yep. here. Have a little bit of dysfunction. We're going to have a coach coming soon, and then we're going to be off and running with uh, with uh, with the offseason. So, yeah. Um, thanks, guys, for hanging. We really do appreciate it. We had a pretty good appreciate crowd tonight it, out of nowhere on a Monday. Yes. So, thank you. Great right. crowd. Hey, yeah. we know dysfunction. When there's dysfunction, we can talk about dysfunction. Yes. Yeah. Says Mr. Homeschool. This is, <laughs> this, this, this is dysfunction junction Yo, right here. We're going to talk t-shirt. about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Fives thanks, don't bang like they used to, Jimmy. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> yeah, that, Fives that don't one. bang no more. Good night, all. <laughs> See ya. <laughs>